Well, ho, ho, ho to all our friends out there. It's me, a festive Loose Willis, bringing you another edition of the Drag King cast. Now, unfortunately, I do not have my usual special guest host with me, John Travolva. He's very busy this week. But I have outdone myself in getting you an even better special guest who's a very busy man at this time of year, but he's still got enough time to talk to me. He's an icon of masculinity. Please give it up for Santa Claus. Hey, Santa, how are you doing? Welcome to the Drag King cast. Hello, Luce. Yes, hello, all listeners. I've come all the way from the North Pole to give you a good time. Woohoo! As you said, Luce, my name is Santa. You may know me from such things as capitalism. Oh, man, you came all the way from the capital to see me today. That's great. Now, you do... Look and sound a little different to the last guy who had this uh, gig, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I took over as Santa in January. It was a shit year to do it, as I'm sure you can agree. It's been, I mean, I've had a lot of time off, a lot of furlough. Don't know whether people will be getting as good presents this year. But anyway, I, I, I took over because I noticed that the last guy was doing a lot of only giving presents to rich children which to me seemed a bit cunty. Oh yeah, I mean, reinforcing social inequality is not what Christmas is about, is it? No, of course not. Christmas is a time for miracles. Aww. You know, Christmas is the time of year where boring street people finally get permission to make their homes look fabulous. It's the, you know, it's the gayest season of them all, isn't it? Well, I mean, apart from Easter, I think. That's a fair point. That crucifix stuff is pretty kinky. Right, and everyone's dressed up like rabbits all the time. I love weird traditions. Me too. But you know, Luce, this year is not going to be very traditional due to the raging global pandemic, which Santa had nothing to do with. No, I know. But I don't want you to be sad. You know, I'll make sure that Christmas isn't dry like a day-old mince pie. I'll make sure it It'll be juicy and delicious, like the rich will be when the revolution comes. Yeah, I, I know that, Santa. I guess I'm just, like, sad, you know? Because, like you said, the queer family, we, we won't be together this year. It's such a, such a thing I, 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 I'm, I'm just used to and I miss, you know? Me waiting up late for you to come into my room, you scaling the building. You're so strong every year, Santa. I know, I know. They're my chimney legs. We'll still be together. In your heart and in the medium of this podcast. You know, and we won't let any elves with transphobic, homophobic, racist, or sexist beliefs in. What do we always say, Luce? Oh, if their attitudes blow, leave, leave them, them for, for the, the snow. snow. Yeah, leave them for the snow. That's the grotto motto. That's right. You say that a lot. May I just say your hair is so lustrous. I'm sad the audience can't see it. How do you get your beard as full as that? Oh, it's funny you ask. You actually get it with the job. Um, my beard is pretty powerful, actually. It's got snow powers. Basically, if I see anyone committing microaggressions, I blow into it and it releases a thousand tiny snowflakes that fall onto the microaggressor over the course of many days, causing small but cumulatively unpleasant splashes of cold and discomfort until they eventually crack turn gay oh man so i should never let anyone make me feel bad by calling me a snowflake 
Snowflakes are powerful, man. If we stick together, we can make a dangerous ball of hard ice. And if we melt, we can make a slushy. And what is a slushy but a Christmas milkshake? That's right, Luce. May the Tonys quake in their boots in front of our snowflake pillars. Amen. Merry Christmas, Luce. And fuck you to Boris Johnson. Merry Christmas, Santa. And likewise to Boris Johnson. Oh, Santa, you're... You're flying away. You be a good boy, Luce. I will. Uh, I still got a few days to turn it around. Bye, Santa. You be a good boy. Santa gave you a big present, all right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Love you. Love See ya. You. See you in a few days. Bye. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> I love our job. I love our job. I am Katie. I am the voice of Luce Willis in Pex Drag Kings. And I'm Jody Mitchell, and I'm the voice of, uh, of John Travolver slash um, Santa. <laughs> well, no, because. <laughs> no, you're right. I'm lying. You're... I'm lying. Santa's real. I'm just talking with you. Yeah. With you, Katie. It was cruel of me. It was cruel of a... me. I'm, yeah. I'm running low on Christmas spirit this year. I know. It's, it's a dark time to make jokes like that Jody. Like, we haven't had much to cling on to this year so let me have my Glaswegian Santa Claus being real. Um, he is real. Thank he you. He is real. It's my bad. Yeah it's weird that you never get to meet him. That's the sad thing is that he's always leaving just as you're coming and vice versa. Hopefully one day you'll get to meet him. Yeah it's just a it's just a weird set of coincidences you know. Mm. I think he's in he's intimidated by my masculinity. He's still getting yes. there. Yes. I think, well, you know, Mrs. Claus, I think, is the real one behind the enterprise. Oh, King, totally. Kingmaker, kind of thing. And the, and the hard labour of all of his elves. Um, and probably, like, the polar bear community, you know. Oh, I love polar bears. I think they're probably all there for him, like, supporting him, giving him advice, helping him to, to unlearn his ways. No man is a Christmas island. <laughs> I think I think some poets said that sometimes. I mean, we I think we're in a weird mood because we're talking about Christmas, and we've got our Christmas show coming up. Although by the time people hear this, our Christmas show will be over. Um, yeah. But it is till the end of November, and I think we are running low on Christmas spirit. Do you think, or do you think you've got like extra supplies hidden somewhere? Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I. Maybe I have Christmas spirit stored in my ample chest, and I've just dissociated <laughs> from it as I want to do. I don't know. I. Uh, it's it into weird. the Christmas binder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> suppress it down. Suppress the Christmas spirit. I don't know. It's weird not knowing what will actually happen, and I guess to anyone that is building up to either visiting family and that's stressful or not visiting family because it's illegal and that's stressful or anyone that's like woo I finally have an excuse to not visit my family because it's illegal but the stress of them existing still continues we hear you we hope yes. you're okay yeah we hope I, I really hope everyone's okay and I am very lucky of having a very nice family and and that I don't mean to say that in a way of like smug on the back of what you said but I still I always feel very low at Christmas time I think it's a very stressful time of year and I send virtual solidarity with anyone who you know you get through it the next you have to get through December and then it'll be January and it'll be freezing and miserable then as well but soon 
soon it'll be good right yeah soon it'll be good happy holidays to anyone that's listening to this yeah massive happy holidays i know what will cheer people up though and that that is this week's episode because i guess this week is trinidad and two gay though what a powerhouse (laughs) what a powerhouse i mean they're one of my favorite people in the world like one of my favorite kings favorite people they're just incredible their raw sexuality is amazing we got to talk we talked not to trinidad but to trinidad's creator um emily abood who's a really talented theater director um who is also a very funny drag king and an amazing performer and we talked a lot about um kind of making work and discussing dark issues in drag and kind of aligning yourself with performing toxic things on stage which you can often want to do when you're in a male character it's a really fun conversation because emily is so funny and i you hear my honking laugh a lot throughout it but also emily's very intelligent and it's a great um i think it's a really good listen yeah and as soon as we are able to go out into the world and enjoy live drag again which hopefully will just happen all the time soon when it's safe to do so you have to try and see trinidad because it will change your life and possibly irreversibly turn you on forever (laughs) they're a very good dancer i think that's dangerous i think that would discourage me from seeing someone i would be like i can't make that i know nothing will ever you don't want to make that, that commitment. No, yeah. no. You don't want it to spoil that. Yeah, no, I, I, I see that. Imagine on your wedding day, like looking into someone's eyes and being like, could have been Trinidad. Trinidad. <laughs> and now it's time for the interview with our drag king sensation, Trinidad, and Too Gay Though. Um, I also think they were a tiny bit late, so Katie and Jody talk for a bit about um, horror films and sleep paralysis. So enjoy. So you're telling me how how you're a bit of a sleepy boy and you didn't sleep very well last night. Yeah, so I, I actually think that you would really, really enjoy um, this documentary on sleep paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like an intersection of my interests. Yeah. It really does, because it's kind of like, you know... Demons you, coming to you in your sleep. <laughs> yeah, you love horror, and this is like real-life horror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I think I like horror because I can, like, you know, can observe it passively. I don't, I don't think I want to be involved in the horror aspect of Oh, you it. don't want to murder it? Oh, <laughs> fine. Fine. Oh, fake horror fan oh i love horror movies but i wouldn't actually want to be in a horror movie God. it's people like you that are ruining the genre <laughs> oh Lord, get that chainsaw away from me oh. sorry carry on love the genre love my chainsaw okay <laughs> you can't handle me in my leather face you don't deserve me in my freddy krueger <laughs> i feel like because he's like the sassy one Freddy is quite sassy. He calls people bitch all the time. Yeah, he's camp as fuck. Yeah. I really I really enjoy finding the campness in the horror genre. Mm. Totally. Totally. It's something so... It's like the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie that he's like genuinely like very scary. 
but then also like because it's set in a world of like dreams and literally anything can happen in a dream it's it does such a really fun idea of that kind of like horrible like carnival-esque arms stretching too long and st- there's a bit in it with the stairs like she's trying to run up the stairs and like her feet like start plummeting through it and they're like turning into glue as she's like pulling them back out and it's like this is like yeah this is like how it feels when you're having one of those nightmares usually not wearing trousers but they obviously can't do that in the film but um yeah, yeah. that would be too far that's too far everybody's <laughs> like no way I'm not, <laughs> I'm not crossing that line i don't do exam situations i don't do <laughs> i don't do real weird phone calls no. I, don't, <laughs> I don't do my mom no moms no <laughs> moms. moms no moms that's a lie that's a precious lie <laughs> have you ever feel like you don't vomit enough and listen to mom I have a very weak gag reflex. A very shy gag reflex. So I often... Is that what it's called? A strong gag reflex? I I think strong gag reflex is you can put a lot of stuff down your throat and not gag. Oh. Did you just make yourself gag? (laughs) Just just at the thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) The world's worst bisexual. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking about it makes me gag. No, I was... um, I was uh, had I was belching and I was uh, turning away from the from the <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I can't do it at all. My yeah, I have a very a very weak egg reflex. Like <laughs> I can, really, really I've got, I've got, I can put my whole fist in my mouth. Wow, <laughs> I cannot do that. I can't even like br- like brush my tongue <laughs> if I'm tired. Like <laughs> just like when I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> Yeah, genuinely. You gotta be careful. You need a little dental dam in when you're brushing your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have so many dental dams? Yeah. <laughs> Just a precaution. <laughs> you gotta play safe when it comes to <laughs> dental like hygiene. To play safe in my dental hygiene every day. This <laughs> <laughs> is such a long tangent from sleep paralysis. I know you didn't even <laughs> tell me about sleep paralysis. I think Trini, I'm sure Trini will, will be here soon. I'll, I'll indulge you. We'll give you a quick rundown in uh, sleep paralysis. One little fact. Don't let them in until you've told me. Yeah, they can stay in the waiting room. Um, yeah, I feel like we have talked about this before. So stop me if it, it's it's recreating information I've already imparted. I like hearing about demons again and again and again. Creepy demons. Oh, Trini's hair. We'll continue it next. Oh, like, no, I'm really oh. excited. Okay, gonna let them in. Gonna let them in. Okay. Hi, y'all. How y'all doing? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. I'm clear, baby. Because right. oh. I don't have a fancy mic, so I was worried. You don't have one of these babies. <laughs> you sound gorgeous. Now, nah, for real, you all sound so sexy. Like Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you're like, yes, really. Yes, <laughs> really. Sweet Bob, what a treat to see your face. How you doing? I was late. I had to have some eggs because I was very hungry. What kind of, how do you have your eggs in the morning? I have a Buzz Lightyear um, <laughs> soldier holder. Egg, you know the egg, the egg. Absolutely. Egg cup. Egg cup. Pick, whatever, right? Yeah, I'd never had egg and soldiers before in my fucking life. But I found it in Tiki Marks and I was like, I need to have egg and soldiers every day. Yeah. Take my breakfast to infinity. <laughs> That's very wholesome. I like finding like one piece of like kitchenware and being like, no, this is who I am now. This is I'm changing. I'm learning to cook something new. It I'm was changing everything. Pounds. It was four pounds in TK Maxx. I was like, I've never mm. had egg and soldiers. I've been here nine years. I feel like I'm missing out. Is it not a thing in Trinidad? No, it's just we just we just eat the egg. You know? <laughs> 
We just peel it and we just eat it. There's Pop no... it straight in. How long do you cook it for to get it the nice, perfect right center? Six, six You're six minutes, so. Hmm. Even half, sometimes half, five and a half, but no more than six. Dancing with the devil there. I don't want any of the I don't want any of the gooey bits. That's the problem with egg and soldiers. You got you got to go, you got to cut the line. You got to cut it cut it fine. No man, no. dog. Because I was in France once. I've only ever been once, and I swear, what is that? I had beef tartare every single night, and they put the raw yeah. egg on it, don't they? I don't mind if it's cheap meat either. Like you know the bird's eye frozen burger patties, like the cheap like like mm. cow offal, mm-hmm. like not even like yeah. I'm like yeah, unidentified cow. Oh, oh. perfectly mm. round circle. Literally, because because they're so thin as well. But like when you fry them, they like get this small. So I literally like put three or four yeah. in a pan. I'm like, cool, that's my burger. You're doing the right thing. My secret cheat for lockdown, you know that the day where like all of the supermarkets were just empty. Mm. Okay, so my local supermarket had several frozen like bags of delicious sausages, like the sacks, the sacks of frozen sausage. Oh. Oh, they're mm-hmm. so tender. Would so much rather have one of those than a banger or whatever. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, no, but it, it's just like, it's like a sausage that, it's like a straw full of meat. Yes. If you suck on it, it's like, you know, that Delicious. meat just evaporates. It's it's so tender. It's Such like a meat tender fruit, offal. Just like, just <laughs> meat fruit. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, right, should we do the actual drag We can bit? do the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Well, Katie was like, I was so sure that y'all wanted me to like be Trinidad for this. And I was actually going to be like, eh, but no. <laughs> I mean, as much as I love him, it's like, I, yeah, I, I feel like that would be a challenging interview. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Trinidad, what do you think about gender? I'd be like, fuck oh. that. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm glad, I'm glad it's Emily instead. I mean, it's kind of tempted, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Should we, let's talk about track. We'll do the thing. Yeah, track. let's talk we'll about track. We'll do the thing. We'll Shit. make ourselves. Um, Basically, we have one start-off question that we've okay. been asking everyone. The preamble to it is a little pronoun check-in. So oh, of course. What pronouns are you using as a person, your normal person, your normal self out of drag? And then what pronouns does your king use or your prince, your however you perform in drag? He's a king. He's a he. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he is a king and Emily is a, is a she. Cool. But also a king as well. But like, I mean, yeah, Emily's a sheep. <laughs> absolute king, an absolute king. When you are like performing in drag, could you give us a little audio description of your king <laughs> of Trinidad? Like, what does Trinidad look like? Okay, so uh, Trinidad uh, looks like me. So uh, quite white, but definitely mixed. But a very fair skin. Um, curly 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 dark brown hair sometimes blonde if i've dyed it but right now dark blonde hair and then like a real like sexy little like beard and mustache like a goatee um that's like definitely slim and trim to like accentuate the sexual drawline of trinidad and Tugedo. um usually i'm in a vest to show off my arm muscles um usually like like a vest that's ice green and gold which is um colors red yellow and green big baggy trousers and of course he has to wear real bad man shoes clocks desert boots every single time i've never done drag not in clocks because clocks are staple trinidad shoes really? 
really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the footwear. Um, and so what would we normally see at a Trinidad and Tuesday Trinidad and Tuesday show? What would he normally be doing on stage? So mostly thrusting yeah. uh, to to Caribbean music, mostly like being overtly sexual and like it just mostly me dancing and lip syncing and then like I have some some comedy bits when I talk about misogyny but like obviously as the biggest misogynist in the history of the Caribbean so it's like satire and it's very funny but it's yeah thank you and then often it gets quite messy by the end Um, (laughs) yeah do we want to talk about the mango I feel like I just I feel like you need to buy me a drink first but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a little early in the morning to be talking about the mango (laughs) The joke is that I'm trying to get a new act, but I cannot find one better than this one. So I'm just, yeah. I feel like I'm just like sold on this fucking mango act that I just have to do until I die. But that's, that's great. Cause you know, I, I do adore this mango act. Mm. Um, yeah. So basically like, uh, that act sort of culminates, um, with a finale. Well, to be fair, I do kind of like, I talk to the audience a bit about how Trinidadian men are really good at eating girls out because we practice every summer because we eat so much fucking mangoes because you know mangoes are all over the you know, all over the place in general so yeah haha lol trinidadians are so good at eating girls out because we practice with mangoes and then i like insult white men for not eating enough mangoes for not yep. pleasuring their woman correctly blah 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 and then i put on a really quite vulgar song that i start lip syncing to and then shit she pulls a mango he pulls a mango out from where he placed it secretly before the gig began and then I just sort of, it has to be like a properly ripe, like a messy mango, right? Mm. Like I like personally would not buy this mango because it's just a little bit too ripe. Mm. I just sort of lick it out. Um, the girls lose their shit. Yes. I squeeze it on my face. I like literally like it gets in my eyes. It's horrible. <laughs> I smell like shit. I smell like mango for two days. And it's just really moist and wet and sticky. And then I just sort of slab it on the floor and just fuck it. Um, and I promise you that is good theatre. Everyone, <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. People like it, and that's their business. But um, yeah, that's it's, that's my big act, y'all. It's, it's amazing. I'm trying to get something new, but like, if anyone has any suggestions, everyone's like, "Oh, fuck a pineapple next." I'm like, "No, I'm not fucking fruit anymore." <laughs> But like we want to see the whole fruit basket of like I don't know man it's like if you go see Motorhead I mean, you want to see them play Ace of Spades like that's like you, you can see them do their other stuff that's fine but you're gonna want them to close with Ace of Spades like that's just I, I assume <laughs> <laughs> that's a reference for the Uber 30 so yeah that was gorgeous thank you for giving that description I feel like I was reliving it people lose their minds watching this like I I've seen you do it in tiny rooms. I've seen you do it in like massive, massive clubs. I've just seen like walls of pheromones, like the Beatles at the Budokan in like 1960 or whatever, when she's like pure wall of like screaming and people trying to like grab you while you're doing it. It's, uh, I, yeah. People love it. I mean, yeah. I, I find that out very confusing. Like we've, Good. we've been friends for well, like eight years. You're, we're like, we're, you know, oh. you're a platonic pal. Who I love and adore, but the mango yeah. act. It was confusing. It was confusing to watch. It was very sexy. It's yeah. hard, isn't it, with drag when like all your friends do quite like sexy routines and everything, and you're kind of watching being like, I'm getting really turned on, but that's also my my sibling, kind of like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of like weird boundaries. 
Yeah, I think I think I, I'm able to separate it. So like, you know, Jude's when I see you as John Travolta, I'm like, oh, that's John. Mm-hmm. What a sexy dude, mm-hmm. you know. But then take the bit off. I'm like, oh, that's Jude's. What a sexy dude. Anyway, <laughs> I guess I'm just fancy. You. Shit, no, oh, I, I don't know. This is a- able to separate. A special episode of the podcast where we <laughs> we, we really delve we delve yeah. deep <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about um trinidad is like the quintessential caribbean man and yeah um can you maybe i don't know tell us a bit more about like how he's kind of come about through your own background and everything like that from your performance and your caribbean upbringing well, cringe alert. It was when I saw um the Pex 80s show that I was like, oh crap, like this is so fucking cool, right? Uh-huh. And um who was it? Like Temi had a Black Lives Matter act and yeah. I think incredible act. And like that, like like that fucked me up because I was like, what an amazing way to talk about something um in an in an in an interesting and new way. And like mm. um I don't know, like using lip sync and like satire and like sort of flipping the perspective was a really good way to talk about things that are, you know, really quite traumatic and really horrible. Mm. So I was just like, yo, like, this is really, this is really good. This is so good. Um, so I actually talked to to Lauren, who is obviously thrust in, woo, legend, because um, she was doing uh, like a cabaret thing. And I was just like, yo, like, I don't actually know you that well, but you're really cool. Uh, do you have a free slot? I really want to try out this thing. Um, so yeah, it was literally just me wanting to make some kind of art or like just, I don't know, ha- harness a part of myself that I know was in there, mm-hmm. which is this this really overtly sexual Trinidadian man. And like, and I've done the act in Trinidad before. I like, I've, done, I've done it, yeah, I've done it in Trinidad and they fucking love it because it's like, one, it's, it's, it's drag kings and we don't have many there. But like, Oh, I just I just wanted to um, make fun, I guess, of all of the horrific misogynist music that we listen to. Like, and it's horrific. And I literally grew up with like, surely you'll know like Buju Banta and like Boom Bye Bye and a Fatty mm. Boy, like horrible, mm. horrible, horrible, like really homophobic. And like, all, I mean, all the soca songs every year. There's literally like a hundred soca songs for the carnival, and it's all like just grab, grab she, walk she, and it's like really like masculine and really powerful lyrics. And it's always like making the man the subject and the woman the object. Mm. Um, and obviously, obviously, really binary as well. So I was just like, oh, first of all. I want to be the subject. Um, so that would be just really fucking fun. And second of all, oh, so smart. Like, because I've got like boobs under here. Um, it's satire. Like, oh, if she's like pretending to be a man so well, then it's like, oh, gender is a performance. And I mean, honestly, it just turned out to be a lol. Cause I just, the first act, I just wanted to lip sync the music and be like, oh, that's my big political satire. Mm. Here is, you know, here is a woman dressing up like a man um but I suppose as it went on I kind of just started ad-libbing in between the songs to just mm-hmm. kind of because the songs are like really fast Trinidadian as well so like people didn't really understand so I was like oh I'll just ad-lib a bit and like ease them into each lip sync mm. bit um and then genuinely I think it's the comedy in between the songs is more part of the act yeah. than anything else and then that obviously like culminated in me talking about mangoes <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, it just, it, it, it was just a way for me to 
I don't know, become the subject in my own culture, which is nice. Yeah. Um, like that entirely selfishly, just to become the subject in my own culture um, and to dance, like how the men are encouraged to dance in my culture, not as like the object as the women are. Um, and then also it's just really fucking fun to yeah. thrust on stage and have everyone scream at you because you're so fit. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's, yeah, who doesn't want that? It's hilarious. <laughs> I feel like I saw that first, the first gig that you did. You did, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like Trinidad was so there, like the the Trinidad that is, is there. And it sounds so wanky, but you really, you had your king, you know, all of yeah. the stuff you've just said, like you knew exactly what you were doing and he just kind of exploded and the level of thrusting <laughs> was, was out of this world. I think I went, like, I think I went was, a bit overboard as well. Like, I think I, I was blew incredible. my back on that first one. <laughs> because i didn't warm up i was just like oh yeah i'll just get really drunk like who fucking cares and then like at the end of the act i was like oh like this this is a serious aerobic exercise that i did not prepare myself for <laughs> it's a workout but, yeah. yeah i mean it's I, muscles I found you it, don't... it's muscles i don't use well it's muscles i don't use maybe they're muscles that you use <laughs> i don't want to they're very strong right now <laughs> <laughs> locked out I yeah I found I found I had found him I didn't have to really have a journey I suppose I was lucky that way because I've like done workshops and stuff like teaching other blossoming kings mm, yeah and they're like finding and that's awesome and like respect but I felt like the Trinidad it was so like just like a switch it was like easy this is, it. This is who he is he's always been here like it's yeah yeah, yeah. and it's awesome because obviously I mean I suppose we'll get into like the the cute personal bits but I do find like doing drag has obviously made me so much more comfortable like being like being suggestively sexual mm. and like controlling my own sexuality and like fucking loving dancing and not giving mm. a fuck like mm. but Trinidad was just there I, li- I will tell everyone to be a drag king like until the day I die it is the best but yeah, yeah absolutely I think and it is once people have people and you say with workshops it's like how do I get started how do I do that like how are you just like just it's almost the level of just do it like just just like put on something do whatever you want yeah there is no rules there is no you might start with what you don't have to come in like immediately perfect and like okay I've got this full aesthetic and this full thing it's just like just fuck around just play like just just be silly like it's just it's such a laugh (laughs) like it's just such it's literally so much fun it's just oh yeah yeah. So you find like you've you've been running quite a lot of um workshops throughout you like you throughout so your drag career is that something yeah passing on the learning has been an important part to you I just think that it's it's an art form that is that is huge, like blossoming and it's on the rise and mm. like I was I didn't like wake up one morning I was like oh I'm gonna run a drag workshop but I was asked to do one and I was mm. just like oh yeah sure like I can run that because um like my real job is theater director. So like yes. I'm I'm a facilitator. So like I was just like, oh yeah, cool. Like I can facilitate this. This is great. And this would me this would be me running a workshop sort of from the performer end as opposed to like the boss man director end. So um yeah, the first workshop was like real real fucking nice. Um or like this I don't know. It just, it blows my mind every time that so many people just want to get involved and don't know how to start and obviously I think I was really lucky because I've got obviously mates like you guys who are just like oh just do it it's cool um yeah if you don't have that community it's 
yeah like it's a kind of thing of like where do you put the toe in like literally yeah. and obviously like i think adam all and an apple doing like open box and like boy box and that they're like so good at open mic nights specifically for drag kings yeah mm. but it's like running the workshops I do feel like everyone has a king inside them, really. Like, mm. even at the beginning of the workshop, they'll be like, oh, I don't really know what I want to do. And then by the end, I'm literally like, oh, well, just give me some, like, let's, we'll just sort of create, like, a character. And, like, they already have it. Like, they know what they want to do. And yeah. I'm like, mm, like, it's already inside you. So I was like, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So the workshop's just good to, like, plant some seeds, man. And, like, also, you know, drop some names and tell them who to contact and mm. where the open mics are and that. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I want to um, go back a bit and ask you, because you mentioned earlier, like performing as Trinidad at yeah. home. Oh, and, and I, yeah. And I, I don't know if we've even talked about it in that much detail, but I can remember when you were gearing up to going home and, and doing that and, and running like a drag event. Mm. But could you talk about it a little bit? Like, how was that? How did it feel performing? So basically, then this is... I, I, the only reason I put the event on was because I needed desperately needed a visa to stay in this country mm. and I needed to be seen as um, doing, and this sounds really shit, but whatever. I needed to be seen as doing a show internationally. And I was just like, mm. you know what? I can do a cabaret in Trinidad and it'll be awesome. And it'll be a feminist cabaret and it will be queer friendly. So there will be drag performance, but there'll also be spoken word and there'll be also, um, what's the other thing? Book of singing that's it songs that so um yeah, this like, doesn't sound shit at all by the way this sounds really <laughs> badass and, and well, i mean yeah but like the motivation's kind of shit but whatever i did oh, but, it's not your fault though gotta do fine. whatever you've got to do well i did it again this year and i did i had the visa and i was just because it was so fucking fun it was so nice yeah i don't know it feels kind of anticlimactic it was just like a, i thought it was going to be like quite stressful i was mom and dad were actually kind of worried that the police were going to turn up especially if I use like effing language and stuff because like in Trinidad you can't cuss on stage which really? is hilarious legit like I didn't even know this I'm like preparing for my act and mom's like and don't use the f word because the police might hear and shut you down I was like oh my god I literally rather shut us I'd rather they shut us down because it was queer because that's like <laughs> that's fun <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> like as a nation like can you please shut us down like because it's queer as opposed to like because we're saying fuck like that's so lame <laughs> be screwed be i can't screwed. tell it like, how lame would that be if i'm like yeah i put on like a queer cabaret in trinidad and we got shut down because i said fuck as opposed to <laughs> we got shut down because it was just too queer and it was too just, queer like, too radical so rad. I didn't want to hear it man yeah so it was good but dog let me tell you like the marketing was so fucking hard because in hit like i was like yeah i want it to be a feminist cabaret right i want it like mm. i want majority women uh, or like non-binary people or queer people like that's feminist like that's what it is no straight dudes here so sorry no mm -hmm. cis straight dudes here and like all the music that we played at intervals and stuff like had to be had to be women and often mm -hmm. it was just like Nyla Blackman and like Destra Garcia who are Trinidadian soccer artists who are amazing but you know I put a little Christine and the Queens in there a little bit of Janelle Money, you know trying to keep it trying to keep it open yeah um and I could not say it was a feminist cabaret, like even to my uncles and stuff who are, who have, have a lot of ingrained biases. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember like talking to my uncle, my unnamed uncle, I have many. Um, I was just like, oh, cause he like, cause he's supposedly an artsy dude. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing this, this show, this cabaret. Um, it's going to be feminist. I want to have majority female lineup. And he was like, 
that's sexist. Or you could say that's how you could how you could say that the head of central bank is a woman. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and it's just like at Christmas time as well. And then my so many my, weird leaps there. Like... I know. And then my aunt, my aunt who is a woman and also like I adore her and she's really lovely. I was just saying, oh yeah, I I prefer like a majority female lineup because I just feel like um I just feel like in Trinidad, it's really hard to be an artist, especially if you're a woman. And I, I literally had to pull statistics out of my ass because we've got this huge competition called Soka Monarch, which is like the big carnival calypso singing competition. A woman has won twice in 30 years. Uh-huh. So feminism's all, all good, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny of thinking about like nights and stuff like when you're just like, hey, I want to do a night for all queer people or I want to do it for, you know, a all black artists or yeah. this is we're a cabaret collective that's all east asian artists or something we're like oh, but, well, that means i can't be in it it's like well go make your own thing or go do what any of the other hundred thousand cabaret nights that you can do like it's like so- this is the thing because i i in trinidad whenever i'm home like i will go to open mics and i'll yeah. obviously go and see what spoken words happening there's no drag happening yeah it's as far as i can see um, mm. And the drag I do see is mostly queens, and that's so valid, like rock mm. on. But like, there's not much kings. So, mm. like, when I go home, I I do go to these shows, and they are mostly men. And like, that's great. I'm happy for them. But where's I need to, like the space that I create for women is is and and non-binary folks, and and it's just it's just wonderful. So why are you shitting on me for this? <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing with you. It's like how can feminism not be real if a woman exists? Like it's just the same <laughs> thing of like what you're saying. It's like it's just a complete ignoring of the power structures. It's just a complete yeah. ignorance of that. I think we should be the prime minister. So what do you think? Should we do it? I, I mean. I don't think legally I can be, but I'll vote for you. Emily, you'd be a great, great Prime Minister of Britain. Don't do yourself I, down. I just, I just don't want to be. No, no. offense. <laughs> I just don't want, I just don't want any, any money that was earned from enslavement to be in my, in my possession. Yeah. So, and that's fair enough. Yeah, that's so fair, fair enough. enough. <laughs> By all means, reinvest it. That'd be great. But I just feel like I don't even want to touch it. I'm so sorry. No, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Live your life. Yeah, I mean, probably it'd be stressful. Maybe we shouldn't do it after all, Kate. No, I don't. Oh, no, do don't it. be a pussies. Come on, you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to let people down. Like we've said we will. Don't be boring. She chickens, just... Jody. We're gonna have to do it. Just be prime minister. Like, it's just stop being such wusses about it. You know what I mean? Okay, Come you're on. right. Thanks, Daddy. <laughs> Anytime, honey. Um, can I? I mean, this is going back a little while to what you said, um, but it's something I find really interesting about when you said when you first started doing Trinidad it's Mm. this thing of like when in itself it's just automatically satire because you are a woman posing as a man but then as it goes on it it becomes a lot more complicated which is something I find really interesting of like yeah when I first started doing drag it's this thing of like I'm just being a kind of like repulsive cis man that that I hate and isn't it funny because I'm a woman doing it and Mm. then you start to think more it's like am I just kind of regurgitating misogynies and horrible things that men have said to me at like a queer audience now like is it is it satire or is it just kind of aping what a horrible man would do and is that kind of is that enough like do you know if it's something I kind of feel mm. it, like that's why I think the character I do has got like softer or like more oh he's such a cutie yeah but over the years it's like he wasn't always like that but I think it's now because I want the audience to feel happy and to not feel like they're being attacked by the kind of man they would see on stage 
yeah, yeah at nightclub that's space holding which yeah. is kind of what you do with your I guess what you do with your bits in between the songs where you're sort of explaining it I feel like yeah, that probably. is a form of space holding in a way yeah I mean I think I think drag acts should change and I think that's like to hear that loose is changing is just wonderful because mm. like change is, is good and yeah. perceptions are changing is really good so like yeah I'm, I mean I'm sure your version of loose like well, how many of years ago was like valid in in its own way at the time totally but, like yeah I, I just want to congratulate you for changing because i just think that's <laughs> so important you hear that man you can change you can just change <laughs> like i just feel as artists as well like the whole point is that it should change yeah. like you should it like audiences perceptions are changing therefore like as artists we need to do different things and that's yeah. wonderful but um yeah i mean i recommend trinidad um I do actually find it really tricky to like to sort of toe the line between like traumatizing an audience with actual <laughs> horrible misogynist things yeah. slash making him into a bit of a clown that mm. we can all laugh at. Or... Yeah. You do something you do really well. Oh, I yeah. hope so. No, you do definitely. Okay. And it's such, cause <laughs> I love, I love our community and I love kinging, but yeah, sometimes you do see like King Knights or something where the whole focus is on like, dicks trauma. or masturbating or like or trauma, tra- tra- trauma. Oh. Like, and it's like it's like that's what we came here to escape yeah exactly <laughs> I don't yeah. but this is this is me this is coming into me as like as a theater person as a theater maker as well because i'm so skeptical of any artist who like needs trauma to get their point across mm. yeah or like it's just like this this there's a real I, and obviously i love the community and i think like there's so many wonderful kings out there but it's just I think something to just be wary of anytime anyone is making art, it's like, have you dealt with this? Are you just doing this on stage? Because like, do, cause mm. I don't need to see as an audience member, it's, it's unsafe for me to see you do this therapy on stage. Like, mm. I don't really know. I don't know. I just feel as artists like so much when I'm thinking about doing Trinidad or when I'm thinking about making a show, it's also like, what am I trying to do to the audience? Because if yeah. I'm trying to traumatize them, then that's wrong. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just start from a place of not wanting to do that. I think yeah. yeah, exactly. But if it's like if I have like a complex personal issue that I want to like explore with the audience, or I want people who have felt like that to like feel liberated or feel like some catharsis from this, yeah. that's a wonderful thing. And that absolutely can be done by handling darker subjects and traumatic subjects. Totally. But it's just like how can I do it without just, just like... know the line? It just, yeah. I think, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I feel like if you're going to make some art, like this is just how I approach many things and just kind of like, where is this coming from, Emily? How have you dealt with this, Emily? Um, is there a, like, are you going to, tr- are you going to trigger somebody in the audience? Because I think, I think that's because I've done some acts with Trinidad or like trying out new material and I'll genuinely, like the amount of stuff I cross out because I'm like, that's just too, that's too close to the bone. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. where, where is it just misogynist enough that it's like, it's, it's saying something, but obviously yeah. not so misogynist that I am perpetuating horrible, horrible, horrible things. I think that art should be for the community. And mm. if the art is for you and not for everyone in that room, but if it's mostly for you to deal with that stuff, then it's probably not very good art in my opinion. And that's the G. We <laughs> <laughs> have a sound effect we can add in. Like, wow, <laughs> We've got this little regular segment, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called the Dragget Corner. 
and um, I already know I'm gonna fuck this up. Yeah, uh-huh. you did. There's no pressure on you, but if there's anything that has caused you even minor annoyance, anything that's annoyed you on any level, any rage you even you know, it could be massive rage down to like inconsequential. Mm. Oh, I, I wasn't a fan of that. But if there's oh, anything so that you much. felt like that about, book, well, let it out. This is your time. I have the most spot on Morrissey impression, like this side of the globe. Oh my I just, God. I Please. just feel like I can't, I just feel like I can't do Morrissey because he's such a raging white supremacist. Oh, so he's I was just, so ripe for like parody though. Like I feel like you could so do like a dunk. You couldn't do like a just straight Morrissey. I feel like a dunking on Morrissey. I feel like you could totally Maybe. do. Yeah. I feel you could handle it. I just, I just want to do this charming man. And I've got the hair for it as well. And I have the fucking glasses <laughs> and I could just be there like an open neck shirt and just like sort of prance about and sit, but oh. Can we have a, can we have a little taste of Morrissey? Oh God. Well, you edit it out if it's shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on. So like, I'll do like, what's, how does this charming man start again? Oh yeah, here we go. Punctured bicycle on a hillside desolate. to make a man of me. Okay. Yeah. It's better with a mic. Yeah. <laughs> it's better with karaoke backing. Honestly, it was it was gorgeous. It was really special, and I'm really glad we heard it. So I just feel like, give me a stage, give me lighting. Obviously, I'm in my bedroom on a Sunday morning, so I'm not warm. But, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, 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 no, 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 no. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll edit that in in post. I can do like a little bit of a Bob Dylan impression, but then oh, I'm also just like do I it. don't think <laughs> Bob Dylan is like the opposite of anything drag, so I would never want to do it. <laughs> drag show. But what is drag, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. Little boy in a Chinese suit, he spoke to me. I took his food. He said it wasn't good to him. Well, was I? Like, that's the do that's it. the limit of it but it was gorgeous maybe you could write a parody song and do it parody yeah. just like and i can't play a guitar either but... i can play guitar for you okay could you be my arms through like a jacket yes <laughs> oh my god you can stand behind me i would look kitty i would i would do that so hard you have no we idea we do like this freakish like oh. bob dylan act and we're just like okay i can do the bob dylan impression and emily can play the guitar so this act oh. is and you bob can dylan get monster <laughs> You could get one of those, the harmonica things that you attach. Oh my God, just like <laughs> blow tunelessly into it. Oh. <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm This is, there. okay, this is, an, nobody steal this. because You can't steal this because it's mine and Emily's. It's, got it's Emily's arms and my voice, so you can't yeah, steal no. it anyway. But, Loose yeah. and too gay though. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That'd be so funny. Right, and finally. Oh God. No, um, no, it's just no, this is it's just, a no pressure segment. Um, we just want to uh, ask you where we can support you. <laughs> oh. Follow at Lagahoo Theatre on Twitter. That's my theatre company. That's where you can see Splinter the film. It's awesome. Um, and also, we can pay the creatives who made it because time's tough. Um, add me on Instagram if you want. I don't update it regularly because uh, I don't, <laughs> haven't done any gigs. Um, What's the handle? Sorry, Trinidad to Gay Though. Yeah. So it's spelled like Trinidad, two gay those spelled how that is spelled. Um, all one word on Insta. Uh, you can add me on Twitter because I have good lols. Yeah, you're um, very lols on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Big tweets fan. What's the handle? Uh, Emily Abood, etc. Um, so yeah, follow me on Twitter if you want. Um, come see my theater shows. They're real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not traumatic. 
I have a website, emilyboo.com. Um, but yeah, follow me on Instagram. I will post some 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 content for the Galdem. Great. Thank you. Oh, just as the siren comes. That was good timing. That's it, right? That's because the police heard you say fuck, Emily. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, no. Trinidad, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for Thank you so much. For this for this pure, pure joy. <laughs> this conversation. So before Brexit happens and uh, ruins freedom of movement for us all, sorry about that, it's time for you and me to join our friend Mr. Golden Balls on a little continental trip to Paris for a profile on the incredible Victor L'Amour and the world of the Philosopher King. It's time for some queer histories. Victor is crouched on the floor of the studio over a sheet of white paper folded crisply down the centre. In one hand, he wields a pair of long metal scissors, and in the other, a limp chunk of black locks, freshly cut from a pack of synthetic hair. Victor's prosthetic beard technique relies on the use of synthetic hair. It's easier to stick and holds better, he tells us. Natural hair works too, of course, and it has the advantage of matching the precise colouring of the individual practitioner. But what really matters is the cut. For a beard that looks really real, you've got to cut the hair extremely fine. Victor is an expert deconstructive barber, meticulously snipping slivers of hair, fine as iron shavings, into the fold of the paper as he shares snippets of his own drag king history with the circle. For me, to be a king, you might find this a bit traditional. It's like a ritual. You see, it's like a drug. Drugs also have their own protocol of rights. Kinging's a drug too. The first time I kinged, it changed my view of the world. It changed me. It opened me up to myself. It, it freed me, it gave me permission to be me, and I became a drag king addict. There's this ritual quality to kinging that I love. Perhaps it's because I'm a bit traditional at heart. Victor Lemour has been running Drag King workshops in France for the past 20 years and has yet to tire of the micro-political magic of Drag King rights. His workshops, which run over at least six hours, ideally over several days, deal with three domains of Drag King practice. Speech, the body, and the king himself. The king himself, Victor insists, is not exterior. He's not a character. He's already within. To access him, you just have to unzip. With the help of his long-term collaborator, artist and Bouteau dancer, Hélène Barrier, Victor leads his acolytes to their inner king through four principal activities. The Gender Talk, a consciousness-raising group-style space for sharing intimate reflections on gendered and sexual histories. The construction of three principal prothèses, or prosthetics, of physical transformation, bearding, binding and packing. A series of performative exercises, principally improvised interactions between Victor's freshly minted kings and scenarios from daily life, such as awkward encounters on a metro platform or broish exchanges at the bar. And finally, La Sortie, an excursion in public space conducted in pairs or groups of three. 
These discrete groupings, designed to avoid unwanted attention, all the better for observing the objects of study, cis men, in their natural habitat of the streets, squares and cafes of the city. I first met Victor in 2016 at one of his workshops held at Paris's mythic queer dyke feminist bar La Mutinerie. I'd seen him featured a few months previously in Parole de King, a documentary about drag king practitioners in France, and was immediately drawn to the gruff intensity and poetic panache of his persona on screen. Victor's workshop IRL did not disappoint. Having come to drag king practice through theatre, I was familiar with the origin stories of on-stage kinging and its ties to the music hall and cabaret traditions of male impersonation. Victor's workshop, however, opened up a different drag king history, one that inscribed itself in a theoretical tradition. Victor began kinging after meeting queer philosopher Paul Preciado, recently arrived at the UHSS, a prestigious school for research in the social sciences, in Paris, on the invitation of Jacques Derrida. It was through this queer connection that Victor came to take part in the first drag king workshop held in France in June 2001 at Paris 8 University, the epicentre of the then burgeoning field of French gender studies. These early days of Paris's proto-drag king scene, which began bubbling up at university lecture halls, the basements of feminist bookshops and lesbian club nights throughout the early 2000s, are evoked in the pages of Testo Junkie. In this innovative work of auto-theory, Preciado draws on his own playful engagement with the gelatinous micro-political technologies of the pharmacopornographic era. Double-ended dildos, lube, video cameras and, of course, testosterone. In his workshops, Victor takes care to pay tribute to Preciado's theoretico-political self-experimentation and the pioneering work of his drag king forefathers, crowned by the holy trinity of daddies, Diane Tor, Jack Halberstam and Della Grace Volcano. The critical performance of masculinities staged through their drag king practice was both produced through and productive of queer theory, participating in the movement of epistemological and political critique which swept the landscape of activism and the academy in North America in the early 90s. It has been argued that the mantra, gender is performative, has become doxic in progressive circles. The disruptive potential and critical edge of Butler's seminal work dulled through its incorporation into the canon of the neoliberal university and its recuperation in the ever more expansive circles and circuits of global capital. Victor's ritualised celebration of drag king culture breathes magic back into the theory. The world he invites us to inhabit is mapped out through the foundational texts of post-structuralist philosophers, its landscape contoured by key concepts of this French theory and its queer developments. From Deleuzean fields of possibility to Haraway's towering cyborg, Victor is, unequivocally, a philosopher king. Or perhaps, better still, a trans-dyke philosopher king. He sets out to embody the social life of theory, offering up in his life and his work a carnal testament to the enduring magnetism of revolutionary thought. Wow, we've had so much great stuff this episode. My brain is getting a little tired. It's only got so much capacity. So it's time for me to tuck myself in, grab a glass of something warm, and let the dulcet tones of my man, Izzy a man, lull me off with a sexy bedtime story. Hello, 
I'm Isabel Adamaka-Young, actor, writer, long-time PEX member and first-time podcaster. And in this glorious inaugural series of the Drag King cast, I'm going to be sharing some of the most fascinating and salacious slivers of queer literature I could find for your listening pleasure. Who said things can't get hot just because you can't see us? Over the series, you'll hear contemporary poets, ancient myths, real-life sex, or as they used to be known, letters, and some material that superfans might recognise from our live shows. I'll be bringing them to life as my drag alter ego, Izzy Man, and providing some tidbits about the writers and context too. Well, hello there. I'm Izzy Man, and this is your favourite sexy story time. Thanks, Izzy. I'm Isabel, and in this episode, I'm going to treat you to the sexiest type of man of all, a US president. Don't worry, not that one. I wouldn't do that to you. This is a safe space, and I intend to keep it that way, especially if we're getting steamy. No, we're travelling back to New Year's Eve 1912, where soon-to-be senatorial candidate Warren G. Harding is having a passionate extramarital encounter, making love on the stroke of midnight to his mistress, Carrie Fulton Phillips. He wrote loads of amorous letters to her during their romance, because sexts hadn't been invented yet. Listen out for references to Mrs. Powterson, or Mrs. P, Warren's pet name for Carrie's vagina, and Jerry. You guessed it, his name for his own dick. Enjoy! January 28th, 1912 I love your poise of perfect thighs When they hold me in paradise I love the rose your garden grows Love seashell pink that over it glows I love to suck your breath away I love to cling there long to stay I love you garbed but naked more Love your beauty to thus adore. I love you when you open eyes and mouth and arms and cradling thighs. I rather like that encore discovered in Montreal. Did you? January 2nd, 1913. I stopped play to have sandwiches and crack a bottle of wine so I could dwell with my thoughts. You can guess where they centered. On the New Year's beginning a year before, when the bell rang the chorus while our hearts sang the rapture without words and we greeted the New Year from the hallowed heights of heaven. When I got home, I was too tired to sleep, but I rested and you were summoned in finally. And you came, a vision vividly plain, a goddess in human form and a perfect form, clad only in flowing hair and you were joyously received, and Jerry came and insisted on staying while we all retrospected in the happiness of a Sunday in Richmond. January 5th, 1913. Didn't go to church today. It cost too much last Sunday. So I got up, had a luxurious bath, and donned my bathrobe in which to breakfast. Three weeks ago, it touched your beautiful form, and that made it hallowed to me, and I wanted contact with it to make me seem nearer to you and I wanted to sit before the fire afterward, in freedom of dress and dream of you and of loving you intimately. I like to dream in loose, flowing garb because I can dream more intently, and I did, to alarming release. I called your name aloud thrice, begging you to come, and a voice from upstairs responded, wanting to know what I wanted. I was alarmed and sobered. November 11th, 1913 I find among the political buzzing I still have some supporters who are generous with their suggestions. 
It tickles one's vanity a bit to hear from them here and there, but there is no lure to mislead me. I shall not aspire again. There are more attractive things in life. I believe I should like to live a life of contented love with you in preference to all else. Uh, sorry, Izzy, I'll interrupt here to mention that despite his protestations, in May 1914, Harding did announce his candidacy for the Senate. He told Phillips that his return to politics was a result of his heartbreak over her dalliances with other men. March 12th, 1915. Jerry came in while I was pondering your notes in glad reflection and we talked about it. He was strongly interested and elated and clung to discussion. He told me to say that you are the best and darlingest in the world, and if he could have but one wish, it would be to be held in your darling embrace and be thrilled by your pink lips that convey the surpassing rapture of human touch and the unspeakable joy of love's surpassing embrace. I cordially agree with all he said. Perhaps it is not important, perhaps it is not even interesting, but he is devotedly exclusively for you. I fear you would find a fierce enthusiast today. April 4th, 1915 You do sometimes reveal disapproval of things written, and never approve. I suppose you think it a crime to utter a word of love. Maybe you can't, truthfully. Still, when I saw Mrs. Powderson a month ago, she persuaded me you still loved. I had a really happy day with her. In November 1918, the Armistice Agreement laid the foundations for the end of World War I and, less famously, Carrie and Warren's affair. But as he rose, to power, guys, to power, Carrie wasn't done with him. She demanded money and Harding was compelled to agree, to the tune of $5,000 a year. That's about $86,000 in today's money. She kept quiet, and in 1920, he was elected with 60% of the vote. Hello, Mr. President. You have been listening to the Drag King cast from Peck's Drag Kings. If you enjoyed it, then please do donate to Pex's Patreon. Um, if you can't afford that, then definitely subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes because it really does help us out. You can follow us on Instagram at PexDragKings, on Twitter at PexDrag, and on Facebook at Pex.TheDragKings. The Drag King cast is presented by Jodie Mitchell, a.k.a. Dron Travolver, and Katie Bulmer, a.k.a. Luce Willis. And today you heard from Helena Felstrom, a.k.a. Mr. Golden Balls, and Isabel Adamarco Young, a.k.a. Izzy a Man. Drag King Cast is produced by Katie Bulmer, Jodie Mitchell, and Pex's executive producers Ellen Spence and Daisy Hale, and has music from Anya Pearson of Dream Nails, artwork by Emma Hayden, and photography by Ra Petherbridge. Drag King Cast is recorded live from our houses, because the whole... COVID malarkey. Yeah, not fun. Anyway, long live the king. <laughs>